Welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where we help you find and follow Jesus. He's the author of life, and following him is the only way to live life. Originally, this podcast started as a live stream called Theology Thursdays. It was named that because guess what? We talked about Jesus on Thursdays. So you'll hear that name throughout the podcast. Although the name has changed, it is still the same real conversation about helping you find and follow Jesus. So let's get into the episode. All right, here we go. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good morning. Guten Tag. Remember, did you watch the, the Truman Show, that movie? No. Oh, Jim Carrey? It's pretty good, but he would always have this line like, good morning to people, and then he'd say, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, in case I don't see you later. Oh, I, knew, I thought I that's what that. you were trying to go with. I do know that. Y- you're okay, you do know. I movie know the ref- line. I, d- I know the line. Movie references mm-hmm. here on the old, the old Theology Thursday. Welcome back. Tuning in. We've been gone for a couple weeks. Uh, it's Craig, Scott, and Tanner. And we've been gone a couple weeks. Uh, vacations. Some summertime. Wedding. You wedding? Went t- I was back home for a wedding. Yeah. It was very fun. Were you in the wedding? No, I was not in the wedding. I was just in a tent. You were which was fun. not You sound married. disappointed about that. Do you feel like you should have <laughs> been in the wedding? No, 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 no. You're like, I, I was totally good. We're good friends. We're, we're not that good really friends. We're really good friends. I, I got guess, slighted. I just wasn't good enough. For I really wanted to pay for renting a tux and doing all that stuff. <laughs> no, I didn't have to do all that. I was just an attendee. So, yeah, I was home for just... A weekend and just got to see some good high school buddies of mine who I'm still I'm close with a lot of my high school buddies still which is really fun yeah uh, so just got to see them and hang out eat a bunch of junk food classic stuff right mm-hmm. weddings are good celebration time how long do you think you're gonna keep going with Portland as home oh man that's a good question right there's no like point where you just like intentionally maybe decide to just kind of it's more of a feeling I think yeah right I don't yep. oh I I remember thinking about this uh, where I was starting to think that Spokane is becoming more home. Yeah. My shower at my house was more comforting than the shower that I used back in Portland. Wow. Like that was that was my test for some The reason. shower was the tipping point? Wow. Like, yeah, I don't know I what it was. I would never guessed that. No. <laughs> it was like, I don't know what it was. It was like, yeah. this just feels off. So in the, in the early years of our marriage, um, Cindy often referred to where her parents lived as home because she grew up there, and they were still there, and the house was still there, and... But that all changed when they moved finally. And yeah. after um, several years of marriage, and we had several homes, of course that switched. But in the early going, it's like, yeah, that's home. Right. It's like where I grew up. My parents still live there. Mm-hmm. You still try to claim like Southern California more than the Pacific <laughs> Northwest sometimes. Yeah. You still, still, if, I feel like sometimes I hear you talk about it like, oh, yeah, you know, California, and I got a California vibe to me still. Yeah. Because mm. it's kind of roots. It's yeah. growing up there. Even well, though. The fact of the matter is, I would not ever want like to live there. You're like two thirds here, one third there. <laughs> no. Right. It's just a great place to be from. Right. Mm. And, a, and a nice place to visit. There. But if you're tuning in from Southern California, thank you. We love you. I hope this helps you. Uh, but we did have some good time on vacation, our Langhans family vacation. Uh, 18 of us piled into a lake house for the week, rented Very it, fun. boat, beach time. Did some barefoot water skiing. Barefoot skiing. Yeah, yeah. off uh, Boom. We um, we just call it barefooting. Barefooting? Okay. Yeah, or footing. But I've always wanted to try it. I love being on the water. So yeah. If, in case you guys are ever going and... You if, need another if you, person if to If you go ever find with. yourself right. headed to the lake and there's a boat and you want to invite us, just feel free to. Just, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we borrowed a boat to go. It's not like oh, we're really? holding out on you. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not like we've got a boat just standing. Like, we're not inviting. Just hanging around. We are, again, not inviting Tanner out to the lake <laughs> to go barefoot. That was our exact conversation, wasn't it? 
I think so. Yeah, yeah. something oh, like okay. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were on the list. Yeah, but it's always funny because yeah, a couple people took videos. Uh, our whole family. If you don't love the water and if you don't love the beach and getting out, then we somehow you know get rid of you so we can keep the gene pool clean mm -hmm. on the laying hand side of the family. Oh yeah, we're water. Uh, but good news is everybody loves the water, so they're mm -hmm. they're all in. Um, but yeah, a couple of people put videos out on the internet, and then I forget. I don't know your, if for your, you. Your chair is squeaking. Is it bad squeaky. or what? It's bad. It's real bad. I don't bad. know if the mic's I don't know how I'm going to talk to you guys without churning. Uh, but how many people are like, oh, my goodness, with barefooting? And we've been doing it. I've been doing it for like 25-plus years, 26, yeah. seven years. Mm -hmm. And you've been doing it longer than that. Yeah, my brother taught me. He was really good at it. He taught me, and then I taught you boys. And yeah. You already took to it yeah. more than the other two. But Yeah. Well, you know, the weak, the weak ones can't hang. <laughs> you guys always do where you're on, like, a, the pole that's on the side of the that's boat? That's a barefoot boom, and no. Uh, no. In fact, we hadn't done that for, we figured out, 16 years. Yeah. The last time we did that was when I owned a boat that had a boom, and then I owned a boat after that that didn't have a boom. And right. for whatever reasons, we never found ourselves on a boat with a boom to be able to do that. Right. And, and until this last... My brother's oh. boat, he could have had a boom, but then you had sold your boom, and he never got one. Yeah. So it makes it learning... Really easier. easy, yeah. It makes doing it real easy, it. a lot easier. Uh, makes it fun mm -hmm. to just be, uh, especially like Coeur Lane, It's real choppy, so if you uh, need to get, you got to have good water. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, be able to hit it really quick and just mm -hmm. do a short run, it's tougher when you're behind the boat. It takes more setup. Got it. Yeah. But I forget when people are like, "Oh, that's amazing," because we just, gr I grew up with it, done it since I was like 14 or 15, mm -hmm. and forget like, no, it's normal. You get the boat going about 35, and you just hop out. Like, that's what normal people do. And yeah. then you try to get going, like, 40 to 45 and, and you drag, miles an hour. Holding on to the barefoot boat, you drag in the water at, by this time, 40 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, I watched another video of a guy after vacation, Sean Murray, wakeboarder, and he did more of, like, a up on his waist and then just drop down. I was like, ah. Oh. That would have saved us more bruising and wear and tear in the body. Yeah. I was like, oh, I would have done yeah. that more often. And I, and I knew that, and I just forgot that. Just didn't think about but it. But, yeah, throwing your body out of a boat that's going 40 miles an hour so you can it's just ride fun. just on your feet is awesome. <laughs> I think everybody should try it. It is stellar. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we've been up to. So we haven't had Theology Thursday. I missed it. I love this time and this conversation. And um, we, uh, we just weren't able to put it together to pre-record it. So here we are again. It's this real conversation about vacations and weddings and life and how our, our lives have been changed by Jesus. And we've been looking at uh, John, one of his early followers, his eyewitness account. And so we've just been going through his, uh, what we call a gospel, which is just a special designation for literature that talks about the life of Jesus and the good news of Jesus. And so we've just been looking at his eyewitness account. And, and John said that. He said, um, well, you were just talking about the other day. Like John yep. said in his letter, he's like, this, this is what we saw. This is what we heard. This is what we experienced. In fact, we even touched him and, and did life together. And so he's just talking out of his own personal three-year experience uh, walking around Palestine with Jesus. Yeah. They, he, like, went through all the senses, well, I always think. Like, he did, yeah. Saw, hear, touch, smell, tasted. I don't know. It oh, just Well, maybe five. not quite that much. Probably, not, <laughs> probably too much. Um, but anyways, John's eyewitness account and um, but a couple, we're gonna start here though. A couple of weeks ago, I threw out, hey, if you got questions, um, and, and many of you have asked questions along the way and been able to reply to those. Uh, but here was a good one, I thought. We're just gonna start here today. Uh, here's the question from Cindy. She said, not my mom or your wife, Cindy, but different Cindy. I have a friend who had just become a pastor. 
That's why I disclaimered it, you know, because it'd be like, wait, is she talking about Craig? I have a, <laughs> or friend, is this? I have a friend who... No, yeah. different. So I have a friend who had just become a pastor, has a doctorate in theology, and he said that there is only one correct interpretation of the Bible. Anyone who disagrees is wrong. I was dumbfounded by this, so much so that I hardly responded at all. There are many ways to interpret the Bible and still be a follower of Christ. Some things are non-negotiable. Jesus is God. He died and rose again, etc. But some issues are for us to discern for ourselves, like in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, when Paul talks about whether or not to eat temple meat. And then I love, this is her question, right? I love that this is her question. What would be a loving response to this person? Yeah. And so I thought that was a great question. That's so a great we're gonna, question. We're going to talk about that, yep. and, uh, and then we can jump in. We're in John chapter 11, so... Uh, we jump in there and see how far we can get. We won't get too far. And just John just to be 11. clear, there's one right answer to this question, and if you disagree with that answer, you're wrong. You're wrong. So is that the start of your answer, the sarcasm <laughs> approach? <laughs> no. You're just going with it? No, like, I just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah. Extra charge for that. So what what do you think? We'll start with you, Craig. What do you what were your thoughts on that? Well, I love the fact that that Cindy's uh, desire is to have a loving response to this person. It's not I'm going to argue with them or I'm going to debate them or I'm going to take them on or I know I'm right and they're wrong and yeah. So I, I love that. Um, and the loving response is, in fact, the response we should have on any of these issues that we have differing opinions or points of view on, that's for sure. Um, I, I, I think that um, what he was saying and what uh, Cindy actually heard might be a little bit different. Um, let, let me parse it out this way. So It could be. It could be. I, I don't know. That it, We're that kind that's, of ass, you're assuming at that point. Right. I haven't yeah. had a conversation with Cindy other than to read this question, and I don't know this, this uh, pastor. Um, but, but there are differences between um, interpretation, what the words actually mean, and application, what we do with the words. And so often, there. in fact, I'm inclined to agree there is basically one correct interpretation of the Scripture. I mean, that's why we study the Scripture. That's why we depend on scholars to help us understand the meaning of the original Greek words and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. or, or Hebrew in the Old Testament, because we want to get back to what the person who wrote it or said it intended. Mm -hmm. When I'm saying, when I'm talking, there's only one understanding of what I'm saying. It's the understanding that's in my head, and I may or may not be doing a good job communicating it, um, but that's the thing that I want you to take away is the thing that's in my mind, and I think that's true here. But, but Cindy, you're entirely right. There are lots of um, applications of Scripture. So um, we, we, this thing is true, and because it's true, it applies to this part of my life, that part of my life, this situation, that situation, and it applies maybe in different ways. For example, Jesus said, um, well, we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. I think it's pretty clear what he said. There's one interpretation. Love God with... Yeah, but I'm going to... You're pushing... I'm going to push back because well, you're... I know. You're, you're, I expected you would. Right, because that's what I do. <laughs> what but you're, you're tying it already to the application. So you're saying, here's my interpretation. Because of the application, it means this. No, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that But it I means think that. you're artificially separating them, and I don't think you can because of how you interpret directly affects your application. So Correct. if you read something in like like the Levitical law and stuff that was for the Jews, you go, here's my interpretation of that. Yeah, nobody should have tattoos. Okay. So there's the application. It's predicated on your interpretation of that scripture. Yeah, but that's an Old Testament verse. That's why I'm using the New Testament verse that I am, because I want to make an, an example of Yeah, but someone would argue, like, no, that is applicable for us, so that's my interpretation, so you're wrong, because there's one correct interpretation of scripture. Mm. That applies to us today. 
that's that's, my, a, and, that's and, my interpretation and application and execution that's that of that. Insisting on their their interpretation. No, yeah, they're, they're using their, their application and their application. to guide their interpretation. Let, let me saying? let me finish my thought here. <laughs> I think yeah, I think this is stay, why it's such stay, a good question. Stay with us. Yeah. So love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, body, and, or mind, heart, strength, and soul. So theology Thursday is an example in my mind of a way to love God with our minds. We're engaging mm. our thought process with what God says in his word, what John tells us actually happened as he was walking with Jesus. And we're discussing also how that applies to our lives. And that's an example of loving the Lord, our God, with all of our mind, which is one of the components of that particular verse. Now, what Jesus was saying, I think, actually only has one interpretation. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. But the application, well, so great. I, I got it. Message received. What does that mean? How does that affect how I live? What, does, what do I do with that in my particular personal circumstances? And Theology Thursday is just one way to do that. There are lots of ways to do that. Those are applications of the basic truth that Jesus was communicating. Hmm. I've got a lot of thoughts, but go ahead. What do you think? I was actually going to ask about the question, because uh, doesn't she use a specific example to demonstrate what her thought is about the yeah, different the, interpretations? Yeah, and it's that whole situation. We've talked a lot about it during the pandemic because mm -hmm. it was the controversial issue yeah. in the early church whether or not Christians should eat the meat that was the result of pagan sacrifices. Right. It was sold in the meat market after the pagan worship was done, and some Christians said, oh, absolutely not. That would be an abomination. That stuff was, that's meat from animals that were involved in this pagan worship. That's idolatry. Absolutely not. Other Christians said, no, at, at the point that it ends up in the meat market, it's just meat. And Paul was one of those who took that latter position. But he, he says, um, you as an individual need to do what your own conscience dictates. Mm -hmm. And I as an individual need to love and respect you for whatever conclusion you come to. Mm -hmm. That's Romans chapter 14. And it's a great exactly. example. And, and yeah, and, and it's kind of the same in, in 1 Corinthians 8. It, it was a widespread issue. It yeah. had popped up all over the place as, yes. as God-fearing and God-following people are running into like, pagan society and go, wait, how does this work? Like, yeah. it's just going to the grocery store, but I feel like there's a real spiritual dynamic going to the meat department. Like, is there or is there not? And Paul's mm -hmm. like, nah, it's not a big deal. But if you have a weak conscience, then it's fine if you think, like, that's going to serve you better. Uh, but you need to simmer down on judging people who are eating the meat, saying, mm -hmm. oh, you love Satan. That's why you're eating that meat. Like, no, bro, it's just meat because God said, go ahead. All stuff is fine now. And then the people that are fine with it with a stronger faith don't need to be looking down upon those that with weaker faith. And that's Romans 14. And again, to, to Cindy's question, I think that example that she uses mm -hmm. illustrates the fact that there are at least two different, in that case, two different applications. Exactly. But the truth is still the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth is we should respect one another's position. Mm -hmm. Paul is like, hey, stop being judgy and critical and despising and, and rejecting one another, you need to accept and tolerate and embrace one another. So that that is a clear message. I don't think that's up for mm -hmm. various interpretations. But how that love and respect gets um, applied is going to be different for the one person who holds this position than it is for the other person who holds that position. Exactly. But it's the same truth being applied in the relationship. Exactly. Be loving, be accepting, be tolerant, follow your own conscience. There are clear 
interpretations of what Paul's trying to communicate. Exactly. That's exactly why I wanted to bring it up because from my understanding was that that was the interpretation to love, to not judge um, people on what they think they they can or can't do, um, allow them to do what they feel comfortable with. And then, again, the application, like you were saying, you can go and you can eat the meat or you cannot eat the meat or like in the pandemic saying you can wear the mask or you cannot wear the mask. Um, our role is that one interpretation to, to love, to not judge, um, and to still care for people, whatever their, wherever their comfortability is at. Right. Uh, maybe if we get through this question, maybe for another time, we should talk about this, we, our, our role in judging, not judging, um, because there is oh, that's judging, whole not judging. Oh. Yeah, because it's so, so I'm just going to say tip it and then we, we need to come back to this because we'll get, we'll get lost. But there is such a role for believers to judge other believers. And it's, it would be to go against the way of Jesus if we didn't do that. There's a right way to do it and what we're judging. We need to judge people's outward actions as they claim to be Jesus followers and they're doing stuff that's not the way of Jesus. Uh, most of the time what happens and why we say a lot of times people are like, hey, don't judge, don't judge, and we're judge-free zone, is because what believers have done in history and even today, and I've done it too, I'm not exempt from this, is we judge non-believers and we judge their heart mm -hmm. and go, oh, they don't care. Wait, time out. You know their heart and what they're really valuing? They're versus, just being no. selfish. Or, yeah, they're just mm -hmm. being selfish or, or they're, they're not that interested. Like, wait, time out. You're judging a non-believer and you're like holding to a Jesus standard and they're not, they're not Jesus followers. Mm -hmm. And God would say, yeah. And, and not yeah, only that, but fine. you don't know their hearts well enough to be qualified to judge no, them. No, who mm -hmm. does? Like, Nobody. I don't even really know my own heart all the time. Like, mm -hmm. So that's where it's been wrong. And then so we overreact and we go, hey, nobody judge anybody. It's yeah. not the right. way of Jesus. And Paul himself goes, no, no, no. You need to look at other people, believers, and if they got sexual immorality and they're part of your church, you don't just go, hey, judge-free no, zone, yeah. not going to judge. No, I'm going to see this action and go, not the way of Jesus. And you mm -hmm. are claiming, they are claiming as self-described following Jesus. So anyway. Okay, we went yeah. a little far. So, so, so if, this is your, back. if this is your first time watching Theology Thursday, you're wondering, are they ever going to get to John 11? <laughs> yes, we will. But we intentionally well, probably wanted not. To, maybe not. We'll, well see. Maybe we'll, not see. we'll see. We intentionally wanted to take this question because it's such a good question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and this is typically how it goes. So we started a conversation about this question. You just introduced another conversation. Yeah. And, and I know we'll get to we'll, it another time, but I want to respond with a couple of bullet points. On that? Yeah, that I think oh, are helpful if you're watching. We're on the second. I think we're on the second question. We're on the second Let's question. Let's throw up the graphic Should, where we're at on the <laughs> on the discussion. I'm not sure. Should, we have no one in the Because I've got, I've got like a page of notes on the first question I that I haven't got to. So I know. All right. So with regard to judging, you're right. We're not supposed to be judging outsiders. We don't, we're not qualified. We don't know their heart. There is a, an appropriate role for Christians to judge one another. And here's the distinction. Uh, we're not to judge one another's hearts. There yeah. is an appropriate application of our responsibility to judge one another's actions. Mm -hmm. And there's some clear yeah. examples in Scripture. The guy that was sleeping with his, his, uh, his father's wife, it was a stepmom, and uh, the action... I mean, they're, they're not judging his heart. They're judging his action. In fact, the fact that the church didn't judge his action, uh, Paul called him on the carpet for that and said, right. you, you, you've you been guys tolerating this. Yeah. yeah, you mm -hmm. know this is going on, and it's been going on for a while, and you're doing nothing. And we're not going to judge the guy's heart, why he's doing that. We're judging the fact that he is doing that. Hey, stop mm -hmm. having sex with your stepmom. Mm -hmm. and, and so there's an appropriate place for that. Mm -hmm. And then in Romans 14, in this matter of meat offered to idols, um, clearly we're not yeah. to judge because it involves 
uh, a matter of conscience. A matter of conscience and, and the heart, it's, and we're not qualified to do that. It is not a sin issue. That's it's not thing. a sin it's, issue. It's a matter of conscience of your way of following Jesus best. And again, everybody's at a different stage in their faith, mm-hmm. and so they might have, they have a weaker faith. If they think, oh, no, food, this food's bad, this food's sacred, when God clearly, like Acts chapter 10 goes, you know, Peter and Cornelius and the vision go, no, all food's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I can't accept that. Like, okay, you have a weaker faith. That's fine. So, and how we approach one another when we go, hey, man, something's happening in your world. Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Our approach usually isn't the best. Or mm-hmm. We're more like protesters with a sign going, bad, bad, bad. Yeah. It's like with all gentleness, with respect, with the fruit of the spirit, that's love and mm-hmm. joy and patience and kindness with people. That's how we should approach. Mm-hmm. So it's not often that that is our, our yep. most loving approach. All right, I think let's, a so better let's, way, let's, just a sec, I'll okay. say one yeah. thing. <laughs> quick, Last word on Go the session. Ahead, question say, number two. I think a better way to describe it is maybe not judging, but speaking truth into their lives. Because right. judgment, it still has that kind of connotation, yeah. like I'm better than you kind of thing. Um, like there's punishment, but speaking truth uh, into someone's life, that's where that kind of love and gentleness, that gentle approach, mm-hmm. I'd say like, I care about you and I love you and I want what's best for you. So I'm going to speak this truth in your life that you might take mm-hmm. and it's going to be hard for you to accept, but it's still the best thing that I can give for you because that's the best way I can love you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well just, said. Yeah. Okay. We'll move. I got more on that. So we'll need well, a, that's, <coughs> we'll that's, another, uh, we'll comma that. Um, that was unplanned discussion question number two. two. So let's Back go to, to question one. Discussion seven, question eight. one. Question one. So, um, again, I thought it was a great question in in a really common situation where it's like, hey, we have some disagreement on our views of God. How do we lovingly respond to one another? It's probably a person in their own relationship. So it's not just mm-hmm. a random conversation with right. somebody in a doctor's office or out on the street. You're like, no, we're going to see each other frequently and um, be around each other. And just to back way up, I think we get hung up around positions, and we have positions over people. What I mean by that is we're trying to identify, even in hypothetical situations, like what's your stance on that? What's your response on that? Uh, I get that question regularly. What's your stance on this or that mm -hmm. other hot topic or controversial contemporary issue? Right, and it overrides People, meaning overrides relationship. It overrides the story of that person's life. And so, you know, like, what's your position on alcohol? Great, go. Like, well, no, who, who are we talking to? And what's your background? What's your story? And, you know, like from scriptures, like, great, alcohol's fine. Drunkenness, that's sin. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're really talking about. We're talking about the people. People, and it's your story. And usually it's a question of like, well, can I drink? Is it okay for me to drink? Like, well, time out. Is it? Like, what's your story? What's your background? What's mm-hmm. your susceptibility to, like, going too far with things? Because mm-hmm. that is a thing where, you, you know, overindulge, just like food. Like, we don't talk about gluttony a bunch. But we're trying to have all these, like, positions. What's your position? And give me a statement and bullet points. I'm like, well, let's talk about people. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times it's way too broad and kind of hypothetical and not even fruitful discussions. And, and God warns us through Paul, like, let's not engage in a bunch of non-fruitful discussions right so it's like well what issue with this person like okay all all scripture and there's only one interpretation are we really just talking about one thing like what is the what is the one thing and cindy uh helped point us to first corinthians 8 which is great um because in the first verse it says this he's talking about food sacrifice idols we know that we all possess knowledge all right we all know some things Paul says this, knowledge puffs up or gives us an ego, 
or makes us think we know way more than we do, right? Right? I have, you've seen that at college campuses. It's, Say it, that again. Right? I, I kind of zoned out for a second. <laughs> how knowledge, how knowledge you puffs us up. To Scott. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. I appreciate your honesty because you're like, let me respond to that. And I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> what was the question Wait, again? I agreed okay. to that. But yeah, say it, college campuses. You're, yeah, you're mowing my lawn every week is what you said. Oh. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> no, this idea of knowledge puffs up, he says in verse one, but love builds up. This idea of knowledge. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and I'm, I'm super quick to this, so I, I readily identify. You learn something new, and then you feel like you're an expert in it, yeah. and then you begin to tell other people immediately. Mm-hmm. And you've never, I've never applied it to my life, but here's what you need to do. And you learned it on Facebook and didn't research it or yeah. fact check it. Yeah, or didn't even Facebook, but like college campuses. And I remember having dorm room conversations with people and like, we never have tried this. We don't have any wisdom around this. We have yeah. no application. We just heard something in a classroom from a professor who it. sounded convincing, and yep. now we're like, here's the truth. You don't believe that? Like, exactly. And it just puffs up the head and gets ego going. One of the books that I read for one of my theology classes actually addresses that specifically, uh, specifically for theology, but mm-hmm. I think it can extend to any mm-hmm. major. Yeah. Um, but it was comparing the young theologian who's just getting into their studies, and it's the knowledge is puffing them up, to a child going through puberty. Saying like they're they're trying to sing and be this this big voice, but their voice still cracks every other word. Yeah, so it, that was just like a good comparison to us. But as my Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you serious? Right on cue. That, that could have been perfect. timed better. That was perfect. Wow, <laughs> this is like you almost could crack your voice. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, that was so perfect. So yeah, but yeah, that w- it was a very good comparison for me to like. No, you got to be able to develop more in your knowledge before you can actually start, like, preaching or yeah. speaking truth about whatever subject it is. I, yeah. I, I like how Paul goes on in verse 2 and says, If anyone supposes that he knows anything, he has not yet known as he ought to know. For if anyone right. loves God, he's known by him. Like, okay, this is about loving God, God loving us, us loving people, and having actual relationship with God and people. And not about the knowledge itself, right? And, and and if you if if that's not where your heart is at, then you don't know anything as you ought to know it, right? We're all still learning. We're all, all still students, absolutely. And we should carry that posture throughout. Not that we don't know some things and have some firm foundation in Correct. in our understanding of who God is, but I love again that the question is, well, how, what's my loving response? Not What's the right answer? Yeah, yeah good for you, Cindy. I, I think, like, I think I've asked that, that too many times, and so many of us do. It's like, well, what's the right answer? Because I just want to come back to him and go, told you so. Mm-hmm. Here's the right answer. Because that's knowledge, and that's just knowledge puffing up. That's not, that's not like, wisdom. That's not wisdom, the application of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Um, and so applying it to our lives. Um, just on a, like a real basic level, sometimes I get in these arguments with people, and whatever the subjects about God. Sometimes I'll just answer with, because they're not wanting to be engaged in a real conversation, they just want to argue, be like, you know what, you may be right. And it's surprising how much that just shuts them down, Mm -hmm. shuts down the animosity that can exist in a conversation. And and they may be right Mm -hmm. on certain things, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking about Jesus things, just in life, like, uh, you might be right on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So with back to this, though, like, no, there are some very important pieces. And Scott, you might be right. I might be right, and I, I might be wrong. See what I did there? <laughs> um, but what's the loving response? Well, it's to be loving with people. Mm-hmm. And you read verse 3, they're like, um, they know some things, but they don't really know some things. And there's some people, even with 
doctorate theology degrees that still don't have a good grasp on some maybe even some basic theological things. Mm-hmm. And so what's what's love? If people becoming love are people who are becoming patient. And people who are becoming love are becoming kind. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you just need to go, well, you may be right. And you move along because there's not a like a learning posture or a discussion posture. And you just need to be patient and kind with them. I and think there's a verse about that. Is love there? Love being like patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we're people who are becoming love because God is love and we're becoming like God. And so we're people who are love and becoming like him. And so we're becoming love. So we're becoming patient. And like Paul, we already mentioned Romans 14, people, there's mm-hmm. people with weaker faith, which is fine. That's just where they're at. And so mm-hmm. to understand that and go, why aren't you way over here? Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm just learning this and I'm new. Like, well, what's wrong with you? You should be here. Like, no, let, just let me, meet people where they are at and be patient with them. Let me let me speak to the weaker faith thing, too. So um, that's not a condescension. It, it, no, it's just a status. It's it, just a fact. It, it's a fact. And it's and Tanner's it's, a rookie at barefooting. <laughs> We wouldn't be like, we throw you out there and you fall on your face. We wouldn't be like, ah, you're an idiot. Like, no, we've we've had decades of practice Mm -hmm. and experience. But sometimes the quote unquote weaker faith individual has a weaker faith at that point in their journey with Jesus because of history. And an example of this, um, when we started our first church many years ago, we had a woman come to our church and and she was a brand new believer, brand new Christ follower, came out of a a really uh, horrific background and uh, had lots of issues she was working through. And so we had some social events. It was a small church at the time. Yeah. And so, hey, why don't you get together? Some of us, we're going to, you know, have some snacks and play cards and stuff. Large, and, large churches have those social events, too. Yeah, exactly. I'm just describing what was actually <laughs> true back then. Only small churches. And uh, so she wouldn't come. And it's like, after a while, I was like, why, why don't you come? Right. And she said, well, because you're playing cards. Like, what's the problem with cards? Like, God's not against cards. We love cards. Cards, we have a lot of fun around the card table. She said, well, yeah, but in my background, uh, I was a tarot card reader. And when I get around cards, even though it's just playing cards and intellectually, I get it. It's mm. not, you're not doing, it's not the same thing. It just pushes buttons for me. Mm-hmm. So it. right now in my journey, I just, I can't do that. Yep. You know, and so we just like, hey, we respected that. Didn't mm-hmm. judge her yep. for that. It's like, hey, that's awesome. Hey, maybe we play a different game. And so we tried to adjust and yeah. anyway, to it was be just kind and to be to kind and loving because exactly. yeah. that's her history. And right. it's not like her fault that she has a weaker face. She has a history that she's... She's being through. super wise. She's being very wise. Right? It's, yeah. You know, it's easy to relate this day and age to, to alcohol and alcoholism and people. And it's like, I, I have no problem personally drinking alcohol, uh, but I'm very aware of the people I'm around, situations. Like, is it helpful for them, not helpful? Uh, there's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. And I'm free to do that. Um, it's not an issue for me. It never has been. But I just know around certain people it is encouraging the wrong thing in them. And it's been a stumbling block, you know, and it's tripped them up. In um, you know, and I'm very conscientious of people. And I, if I don't know their story, I'm asking mm-hmm. like, "Hey, is this fine? Is this an issue or not?" Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's something we should all be applying. Mm-hmm. So I'm lives. mindful of the time. Are we going to get to John 11? Or yeah, do you let's have more jump, stuff on jump this in there. Um, I was just going to wrap it up for me. Uh, we've been going through Philippians. We just wrapped it up in our series on Sundays, and just rejoicing always. Uh, this verse that is the theme of of Paul's letter to live joyfully always. And, um, but this is always stuck out to me. I, I referenced it on Sunday. You'd hit a couple of weeks ago, but chapter three, verse 15, uh, when there's some differing issues of theology, right? And mm-hmm. Paul has this, this, uh, um, I don't even, re- I, I love this. Verse. What's the, what's the context? <laughs> He's like, 
all of us, he starts out, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. What's the things he's talking well, about? He's talking about pressing on, being singular in your focus, pursuing Christ, everything else in life doesn't even, isn't worthy to be compared, doesn't even matter by comparison to the, the high um, and lofty objective of pursuing a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and that's, I mean, because that's what we're talking about in John 11, like yeah. how important it is, the resurrection of Christ, and so. And, um, and then he says, and he, if that's he's not saying, your attitude, well. Well, he's saying this is, that's the right interpretation. He is. He's going, okay, if you know Jesus, you know this. He's the resurrection, and mm -hmm. he, the rest of everything in life compared to that, compared to him and what he offers is garbage. Yep. And so he says, he says, and if on some point, you think differently, even if you've got a doctorate in theology and you studied for years, that too God will make clear to you. Exactly. I'll tell you you're wrong. Hey, you're <laughs> wrong. Let God. And so, real practically, sometimes you just got to be lo loving, which means patient and kind with people. And then you just would pray that God would mm -hmm. make clear to you in your own heart, in case you're at error and you're wrong on something, and that you would pray for them, that God would make it clear to them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just real practically a response for me to go, yeah. hey, we're, we disagree, and there's, like, no room for discussion. Like, well, patience, kindness, and pray that God would reveal himself mm -hmm. to them. Yep. So, that's so definitely the best. Yeah. Because there are some non-negotiables. There are some non-negotiables. Sure. And in the question was referenced, like, uh, what was it exactly? Jesus, it God. Jesus, Jesus is God. God. He died and rose again. That's non-negotiable when it talks yep. about the interpretation of that. Mm -hmm. You can have a different opinion. You can not believe in that. That's fine. Um, but if you're going to say, no, this is what the scriptures say, and don't mm -hmm. say, like, all right, now we're going to have some discussion. And so we're in John chapter 11. Let's jump in here. We'll get a little bit into it, and we'll pick up more uh, as we go along here. But Jesus has uh, some close friends here, mm -hmm. and uh, there's the death and then the resurrection of his buddy Lazarus. And so uh, I love it how in verse 3, uh, Lazarus was sick, so the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Yeah. I love that. They're, they're trying I, to help Jesus. It, it appears that they're trying to help Jesus out by giving him an added incentive. You know, Lazarus, you, you love him. Yeah. yeah. That would be your motivation. You should come. A little extra uh, convincing to get him to come. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I do that in my prayer sometimes. And, oh, Lord, you know, I mean, and so I, I try to convince him of why he should respond in the way that I want him to. Yeah, I wasn't even really reading it that way this time, which I think is maybe true, but I think it's just a declaration of, for them, I would even think maybe it could have been comfort for them. Mm. They oh. go, we, we know Jesus loves him, and we're just going to say that out loud. Mm -hmm. Like, I know God cares for me, and I'm just going to say that out loud, God cares for me. Mm -hmm. You know, John, the writer of this, he always referred to himself as, as the, the one whom, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Like, yeah, it's kind of arrogant. No, it's really true. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, we should all say that because mm -hmm. for God so loved the entire world. So if you're in the world, raise your hand. Like, you should be like, God loves me. Um, I think we shy away from that too much because of, because again, we, we would err on the side of arrogance on mm -hmm. that. We would. And knowledge would puff up. Yep. yep. But somehow love builds up. And so, mm -hmm. like, living like Christ is to know, like, no, I, I have a Heavenly Father who loves yep. me, and there's nothing I can do that takes away from that mm -hmm. love. That was one of the big practices that me and, and some of my buddies from where we're that we would do that we started doing within our uh, our little small group was like speaking those truths into each other's lives when right. we were struggling with lies from the devil um, right. or we'd speak them to ourselves. Like I was actually just doing it the other day. Like, like, no, I'm not alone. The truth is that Jesus is with me and he loves me. Right. And he's always there for me. Um, I was just like speaking that to myself because sometimes we need that. Absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. More probably more often than what we do, what yeah. we practice. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And so yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly why they said it, but I just kind of read it that way again. It was like, no, it's true, and we should say that. And yeah, and yeah that's, maybe that's it was good. probably a bit of coaxing, like, Jesus, well, he's one of your BFFs. You yeah. should come now. Like, he's sick. It may not like, have been serious. that at all, but it, it on the surface seemed that way a little it bit. It seems like that. That's the way I would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, I've been like, hey, And I think it's important to, to point out that they, they are good friends, like you said, mm -hmm. and they have some significant history. Uh, verse 2 says, it was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment mm -hmm. and wiped his feet with her hair. Mm -hmm. So th they have, they have, moment. yeah, they have a, they have history, mm -hmm. very profound and significant history relationally. And, and so um, there's that's all the, the more reason to expect that Jesus would be responsive to this. That's the, that's the reference to when she's preparing him for burial. Yep. yep. Right. I where he's, yep. Where he's getting anointed and, and uh, Judas has an issue because it's, it's uh, such an expensive perfume. The money could have been used. The, to yeah, like. Well, there's actually two incidences, apparently. Okay. Well, we could dive into that yeah, later. That's yeah, that's another conversation. Anyways. So, anyways, yeah. So, good friends, again, close. With the point you're making is the, the closeness of the relationship. And obviously, it was some serious sickness. Like, because yep. Jesus' response in verse 4 is, this sickness will not end in death. So, it was apparently really, like life-threatening other maybe other people died from it or he was on the edge um no it is for god's glory so that god's son may be glorified through it that's mm -hmm. verse four um, and, and then again john picks up this idea that there's significant relationship he points it out verse five now jesus loved martha and her sister mm -hmm. and lazarus mm -hmm. yeah. like okay john we we got that in chapter three god so loved the world so of course he loves them but he's pointing it out for a reason mm -hmm. hey there's a, a significant relationship here right and so Jesus says it's not going to end in death. They obviously thought it was going to end in death. It's for God's glory. What, what chapter of the story of the guy born blind? Is that five? That was nine. Nine? Nine. Wow, really? that seemed like a long time ago. It was maybe because we took those. Heals a man born blind. Yeah. yeah. So chapter nine, again, like the, their question was, this guy was born blind, so whose sin? His sin or his parents' sin? God, right. Jesus was like, no. It's so God's glory could be demonstrated. Mm. Kind of a mm. similar thing here where Jesus ends up staying a couple more days. Lazarus dies, right? And so he's demonstrating the power that uh, of God and that there is a resurrection. Mm -hmm. In um, verse 25, Jesus said that to, uh, to Martha. It says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Mm -hmm. And she does. Mm -hmm. But... This is the, the resurrection is the central point to following Jesus. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, then everything he said and claimed to be would be null and void because it would, would not have the proof um, that he is God and right. that he could conquer the power of sin by going to the cross and being the ultimate sacrifice for all people, that everything leading up to that point was paled in comparison. Right. That putting a lamb out mm -hmm. there yep. didn't cover up for you know, all of our mistakes that we needed God in human flesh to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And so, and then he needed to rise again in order to conquer death, a death no longer has a grip on us. And I just thought that was so relevant. We're not going to be able to flesh it out all today. We'll die, stay here and we'll keep talking about it. Mm -hmm. And, but and we, we picked it up at a conference from Andy Stanley, um, but we say it a lot and I've really internalized it. Um, the guy who predicted his own death and his own resurrection and pulled it off 
is probably the guy we ought to listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to, to your point, the resurrection is central. If the tomb's not empty, then we shouldn't really give much credence to anything Jesus said or allegedly did yeah. because we can't trust it. Mm-hmm. But the fact is he did die and rose from the dead just as he said he would. That's all the reason we need to listen to him and follow him. Exactly. Because it brings up these big questions if you don't believe like in an afterlife. Like what's afterlife then? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like as far as yeah. just having faith, like everybody is a person of faith in my book. Because mm-hmm. like how did we get here? Well, you're going to have to believe in something unseen. Yeah. Do you believe in like a big bang? Great. Did you see that? No. All right. So you're a person of faith. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in something unseen or do you believe in like a creator who is intelligent and had design and purpose and intentionality? And uh, uh, we, you know, if we did. I'm going to go with door number two. Yeah. You know, like how do we <laughs> get here? Oh, we just random. Well, what's our purpose on earth? Because everybody inside feels the need for a greater purpose, mm-hmm. quote unquote, to do good. Well, where's that sense of good come from? Exactly. What's your bearing of good then? Mm-hmm. Right? Like rob, kill, steal, like murder. Like we're like, oh, that's bad. Well, where did that come from then? If there's no purpose, like wouldn't it be the the strongest survive? And wouldn't it be like the, the ones that are the greatest should thrive and rule over people? Like, no, that's evil. Mm-hmm. Well, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. And then what happens after we die? Just worm food? Nothing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Is there not a life after this? Is there not a, a greater? Uh, the, the one who predicted his own death and resurrection pulled it off said there is. Yeah, I know. So but I'm some people would him, argue like, oh, they, they stole his body one. out of the tomb. It was yeah. a big hoax, you know, like. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's not that that's not believable because uh, he was seen by over 500 people. There are historical uh, records of his appearances after the resurrection. And the disciples, if they knew they had stolen the body and it was a conspiracy, would not have been willing to. To lay their lives down as martyrs for what? For a what? Hoax? A yeah, prank? for a hoax. Yeah. No, they. You're gonna they, die for a prank? They were willing to pay with their lives and because they, they knew it all to be true. They did. They got mm-hmm. persecuted. Yeah. Uh, crucified. Was it Peter got crucified upside down? Because yep. he's like, oh, if you're gonna treat That's, me like Jesus, I don't even want to be close. To that turn me upside down because it'd right. be worse. Um, and so Jesus is saying though, he's the resurrection, mm-hmm. right? And so he showed up in a resurrected body. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so death is off the table. And I think even today in our pandemic world where we're really hung up on death and mm-hmm. death has like the final word and death is it. And that's the worst possible thing that can happen to us. Um, I'm always like inside and, and a lot of times outside, I'm like, uh, go with the one who is the resurrection. Then, then, then right here, if you believe in him, even though he dies, like our mortal bodies, our flesh and bone, uh, don't inherit the kingdom of God, uh, but whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Like, death is no longer part of my equation mm-hmm. in life. And so there's so much, that's how the God of peace, like, is in me because I'm not afraid of death because mm-hmm. death is no longer an issue because I'm with the one who is the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. Like, I have eternal life. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us a little bit different direction here and give people who are watching uh, something to think about, pray about, and to consider as you read through the entirety of John 11. We'll have to tackle more of it next yeah, time, of course. It's, it's a lot. Like, we might have two more times. Yeah, maybe no. maybe two more times. It depends on how much judgment we talk about. The, the, the one thing I want to point out that we've already covered is the fact that there was a request by Mary and Martha to come now, Correct. and Jesus Delays. came later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I know that You've had that experience, as we have all had that experience, where we we pray about something. Our request is is one thing, 
But Jesus' response is something else, and it's often a delayed response. And the question is, why? Um, usually that's the first question. And then what can we learn through that experience? And I think there's some great lessons here in this particular chapter uh, that help us come to terms with the fact that Jesus doesn't always answer what we want, when we want, in the way that we want, mm -hmm. but there are always good reasons for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, Jesus' reason is so that God could be glorified. That's number right one. There. That's number one. And so for me, that always drives, it drives it down to the point of, is Jesus the actual Lord and in charge of my life and he gets to call all the shots? Or is he just kind of like partner or even like guy in the back seat who gets to help out once in a mm -hmm. while? Because if, if I demand my own way and the answer to my prayer, how I see fit and when I see fit, then I'm trying to be in charge mm -hmm. and I'm the God of my life. And if you're going to submit to Jesus, to follow Jesus means you got to go with him as the Lord who is God, and it's his creation, it's his rules. I'm one of the creation, right? Mm -hmm. There's, uh, where is it, in First Corinthians? Like, he's the, the potter, I'm the clay. Mm -hmm. Like, he gets to do whatever he wants. Yep. Yeah. And it's great that he is loving, and he is just, and he is merciful, and he's full of grace. So why wouldn't you go with him? But the reality, when it push comes to shove, is he's God, and I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I got to like wrestle that to the core because that's what it really means to believe in Jesus. Like mm -hmm. he gets to say, yeah, a couple more days. Right. Yeah. That reminds me of something that's been on my mind a lot. The idea of Jesus is both Lord and savior. So many people love Jesus as the savior right. who like brings the healing and the love and the mercy and, the, and the get out of jail free, the card. get out of jail free card, you know? Um, but not many people have that understanding or love for Jesus as Lord, the one right. who is, holding my life in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, yeah. We could dive into that too. We try to hold our life in our hands, especially as this day and age, but as Americans, and we mm -hmm. try to be controlled so much and it stresses us out. And then we say to ourselves in so many different contexts in so many different ways, like I'm just trying too much and it's so hard and I'm striving and God goes, bingo. Like, come to me. Does my God way's actually easy. say bingo? He says, bazinga. Like, here we go. <laughs> like, that's it. We, we try to live God so much, and it stresses us out, and we have, like, physical, our body responds to it, and, and God's going, not just Savior, mm -hmm. I can be Lord of your life. You're mm -hmm. like, no, nah, hold on, let me give me, give me another try. I'm going to take a day off, and then I'll kick it back in starting on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Like, God's like, time out. So anyways, we're wrapping up for today. We're just, we're just out of time. So uh, John 11, there's so much about the resurrection. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm so pumped. There's so much that I want to talk about today, but we just, we'll save it. It may be two more times because... The resurrection is the key to following Christ. And right. so um, maybe in preparation too, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 is a great chapter to look into because uh, I got a lot of stuff that talks about the resurrection. And if it's not true, we're all wasting our time. But good thing it is true. And so we'll talk about more of the resurrection uh, and Jesus' friend Lazarus next time on Theology Thursday. It's good to be back with you. Craig, Tanner, thanks. Hey, tell your friends, share this video along. Hopefully it was helpful. Peace out. We'll see you. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating so others can find it as well. 